Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Keith Gasper, Disky Mera, GC Freak 898 The Saturnian, and Dave Jackson. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. It's me, Chris. Welcome to another episode of The Flight, presented by Retro Hangover Podcast. I am here, of course, with the dick dragon himself, Shane. I didn't even think I said dick dragon in one of our intros. This is this is not promising. I am breaking <laughs> tradition. They're going to hate me. Uh, now that you mention it, I, th- I think you're right. I think the last flight that we put out, you never even said it. I don't think you said it even once. What what no. have we become? Oh no. We're oh, gonna God. start attracting casuals. <laughs> this is get those normies out of here. Fuck. <laughs> well now they're all offended. Oh there. Okay, we fixed it. Great. <laughs> it's fucking over. <laughs> well, uh, the offense is going to begin on this episode mm. because we're gonna be talking about the most underrated consoles, which I think is going to provoke some emotions from some people. Because, of course, when you talk about underrated things, no one can ever agree on anything. Which I think is going to make this one a fun one. I think there might be some banter between us at some point. I'm pretty sure. But who knows? What? If, if, banter? If that's a lie, you can edit that out, Shane. On a podcast? Yeah. I know, right? That never happens. Just be normal conversations about conspiracy theories and yeah. uh, aliens. Murder or, mysteries. Aliens. I don't know. Murder mysteries. That's yeah. it, yeah. That's what we really ought to have gotten into. True crime, paranormal. True, true paranormal crime. Yeah. I want to know who killed uh, Professor Colonel Mustard. Yeah, Colonel Mustard in the library <laughs> with an alien <laughs> anal probe. Professor Ketchup. Yes. Is it Professor Plum? I don't fucking know. Clue is an old game. I haven't played it in a very long time. It is. So it's a also game. classic movie. Tim Curry is amazing. He is. National, national treasure, even though I think he's British. Well, you, you know what? We'll we'll co-opt him just like we co-opt everything else. Yeah, we, we'll co-opt him like we co-opted Adam yeah. in Australia. There you go. All right, so we are, in fact, talking about our personal top five lists of the most underrated game consoles. And this time, Chris is going to kick things off. So, Chris, why don't you tell the lovely people at home... Your, your number five pick for a console that did not get the love it deserved. Number five. So my number five is probably going to shock a bunch of people uh, because I don't, I, and this is why I'm calling a lot of these underrated is because I, I like I, the consoles people don't even talk about. And even when people talk about it, they're always negative. So I'm going to go with the Sega CD. Mm. I think the Sega CD is, it's not a phenomenal console, don't get me wrong, 
but I think it has a lot of good games that people just don't talk about. Whenever you hear someone talk about the Sega CD, it's always, oh yeah, like create my video with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Like, yeah, that's all that was on the system. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, there was a lot of that. I mean, I don't me know. Wrong. I just feel like that's a selling point, <laughs> honestly. But I, yeah, yeah, nowadays, yeah, Mark Wahlberg is, ooh, he's a, he's a hunky man. At least he was. <laughs> I don't know. At some point. Any, a, anyway, <laughs> like there's a ton of games like that. And I, I know that, that's reputation came out and you had games like sewer shark and that, that kind of sucked. And then like night trap, which was, you know, eh, it was decent, but it caused a lot of controversy. So that's always what's associated with that console. And for good reason, that's what everyone was kind of pushing at the time because CD technology was new. So they wanted to show what you could do with full motion video with all these megabytes of data, 650. That's a lot massive. So, you know, when, when you look back at it, that's all you think, but there, there's, there's versions of games on the Sega CD that are superior to their console versions, whether that be soundtracks uh, or just more vibrant colors. Like you have Mickey Mania or Hook. Uh, Batman Returns has some scaling and good original games like Lunar Eternal Blue, Lunar Potful Mail. Uh, all sorts of games that you just generally won't don't think of because they were never advertised. They're more traditional games and maybe they just have a different soundtrack that's a little bit more enhanced or some extra levels like Earthworm Jim Special Edition. Uh, Mortal Kombat is a really good version of this game, even though, yeah, the loading times kind of do get in the way, and 32X version of Mortal Kombat 2 is better. But it's a good console if you know where to look. Uh, the, the games are there. It's just you, you got to wait. You do have to wade through some crap that is always pushed to the forefront just more because of the console's reputation. And look, every console has bad games. But when you consider the amount of good games that are on the Sega CD that aren't talked about, there's there's a there's a plethora of wealth to be enjoyed. And yeah, you probably can't afford it because no one can because the games are stupid expensive. But there are good games. Go check it out. Sega CD vastly, vastly underrated. All right. So I'm going to start off my list. I, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of foreshadowing here for the rest of the the episode and that is i i'm starting off with something that i don't necessarily have personal experience with but i believe deserved to be on one of these lists and then we're going to move on to things that maybe i did have some personal experience and then we're going to go off the fucking rails so yeah let's just uh let's just buckle up for that but my my number five spot is the general consumer electronics or gce vectrex Ooh. Yeah, so the Vectrex, if you are not familiar with this, as I'm sure a lot of people probably are not, um, although granted, if you're listening to this show, you probably have a little bit more retro game knowledge than, than the average Joe, but it was a vector-based graphics console, and these vector graphics at the time really were only available in some arcade machines, so this wasn't something that you would see pretty much anywhere else, and since home televisions didn't use and simply couldn't use vector technology, um, the Vectrex is its own self-contained unit. It has a built-in nine-inch monitor on it. Um, it's sort of like a, it's, it's a vertical, so it's like if you had a widescreen and you just tilted it upwards. That's kind of what it's doing. And um, even, even the controller that comes with it, like the design of this thing is actually pretty brilliant because the controller fits 
into the console itself for storage. So you can click it right into the front and it's like it's almost not even there. It's, it's a really sort of smart design. And on top of that, you didn't even necessarily have to buy a cartridge to go along with it. I mean, you should, but if you didn't, um, you they still had you covered because Mindstorm was a game that was just built right into the console. So if you didn't put a cartridge in, you could play Mindstorm just on its own. Having said that, as far as cartridges are concerned, the Vectrex didn't have like a huge library or anything. It had like 28-ish games all told, and like all of them were published and made by GCE. Like there was no third-party yeah. development for this thing at all. Um, and the cool thing about it, apart from what I've kind of already mentioned too, is like this thing was not capable of colors, right? It was just black and white screen. That's all it is. It's a lot white lines on a black screen. Um, they did a lot with what they had there, but they also had these translucent overlays, these basically plastic overlays that you could put over the screen and they had these little clips around the screen so that, that you could slide that in there and it would basically add color. So they would be specific to the game that you were playing. Um, which of course nowadays that seems insane, but it is, it is kind of a, a neat little concept and it's a kind of a cool way to work around that problem. Um, as well as, in my opinion, giving it a little bit more personality, I think, in that way. And on top of that, it had two really cool accessories. So it had a light pen, which basically allowed you to draw on the screen. So this was like a this was like a Wacom tablet before those existed, essentially. And and granted, for both of these accessories, like I think only maybe two or three games in the entire library actually used them. So that's kind of an issue. It's sort of the same thing with like the Super Nintendo mouse. Um, neat idea, but didn't really get used all that much. Um, but the other one was called the 3D Imager. And it is like this badass looking headset that was basically one of the first attempts really at trying to do like 3D gaming. Um, it would essentially turn the game into like a pseudo 3D thing where it would like pop out of the screen at you. So it was like a three, it was a very, it was like the grandpappy of the 3DS, I guess. And again, only like three games actually were compatible with this thing. But if you look up a photo of it, like the headset itself just looks fucking cool. It's like all matte black. Like it, it looks like it belongs in like some cyberpunk future music video or something. It's very cool. Um, unfortunately, part of the reason that it's on this list is as something being somewhat underrated or unknown or what have you is because this, like a lot of other things was just doomed by the video game crash of 83 and yeah. essentially the Vectrex, that was sort of its death warrant at that point because it was already a pretty expensive console to produce. And it was also a bit more expensive than a lot of the other home consoles available at the time. Not to mention even in 83, there was just like this massive amount of options for different systems. There were a whole bunch of players in the game and this was before things kind of got, you know, axed and, and streamlined after that video game crash to where it was like, Hey, we've got three, three major players in the game and that's it. There were a lot of people trying to take a crack at this home console thing. And I think a lot of it kind of got lost in that sea of options. But um, all of that is a lot to say that it is a really cool, very novel console that like, at this point, almost no one has ever seen or experienced like a while ago. And I haven't looked this up now, but you could grab one off eBay for like a couple of hundred bucks. But I assume Shit. that that's probably gone through the roof along with everything else at this point. 
Anyway, that is my number five. In working order on top of it. Yeah, that was a good pick, man. Uh, I just think like if people played it, they probably it probably would have gotten a lot of love, but it was probably expensive too. Mm-hmm. It's one yeah. of those one of those games, wrong place, wrong time, but very forward thinking. Number four. Okay, my number four is I don't know if this this is a weird pick or not. Mm. I, I think it's appropriate, which is of course why I put it here. The Game Boy Color. Interesting. And yeah. I Another system I almost put here, too, is the Neo Geo Pocket Color. But I think one of the reasons I put the Game Boy Color here is, one, because everyone who's played a Neo Geo Pocket Color loves it. And I just think the, Neo, the, the Game Boy Color is one of those systems that a lot of people had or a lot of people knew about and a lot of people played. But when you look back in the pantheon of Nintendo Portables, you hear Game Boy... You can even hear like Game Boy Pocket getting skipped over. And Game Boy Pocket was a solid system, but it was nothing more but just a smaller Game Boy. And then you go to the Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy Color kind of gets skipped over. Even Nintendo doesn't consider the Game Boy Color separate to the Game Boy itself. It lumps in Game Boy Color sales with the Game Boy proper to, to get its massive total that the Game Boy does have in terms of overall retail sales. But let me tell you something. The Game Boy Color did somewhat change the game for Game Boy. There's a lot of games out there that are compatible with it. A lot of good games. Games that a lot of people can also play on their Game Boy, but are enhanced for your Game Boy Color. Uh, the library is relatively deep. And if you want to play Link's Awakening, probably the best way to do it is on the Game Boy Color at Link's Awakening DX, one of the best mm-hmm. portable games out there. And that's for someone who doesn't even like Zelda games. I think Link's <laughs> Awakening is a fantastic game. Uh, so you, there's there's other games that are available, like Super Mario Brothers being portable at the time uh, is was a big, big deal, uh, especially like almost 100% what it was on the NES in color. Yeah, it's zoomed in a lot, but it's, it's highly playable. There's just a library there. The Pokemon games, Pokemon Silver, Pokemon Crystal, Gen 2, which a lot of people consider to be the best generation of Pokemon. Uh, you got some, you got Dragon Warrior 1 and 2, Dragon Warrior 3, and that's just scratching the surface. There's like hundreds of games that are compatible with the Game Boy Color, and I think to just skip over the Game Boy Color, which a lot of people do, and it doesn't get the appreciation it really deserves in moving the Game Boy forward uh, towards the Game Boy Advance, instead of just kind of being just like lumped in with the Game Boy itself. There is a difference between Game Boy Color and Game Boy games, and until people recognize that the Game Boy Color itself is vastly underrated and needs a little bit of love. It's not the leap people wanted it to be. It's not the leap people expected it to be. And we probably should have gotten something better because there's still no backlight here. If there's a backlight on this thing, it would have been much higher on the list. (laughs) But to just kind of poo-poo on it and just, I don't know, look past it is a disservice. So here it is. Number four, underrated, the Game Boy Color. I like that. That That's an interesting one. I, I wouldn't have put it because I actually personally take the complete opposite approach where I feel like the Game Boy Color is the definitive Game Boy and the original is like the the weird old grandpa. Right. But, that, but I guess that's just me. I don't know. I, I was we do a retro game show, but also I was not old enough at the time to really have an original Game Boy and appreciate it. Um, my, my, my handheld experience with Nintendo started with Game Boy Color, so I'm probably a little biased, but. Right. All right. Moving on 
up the list. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of a theme here. And quite frankly, I, I feel like almost my entire list could have just been from this one particular company. But fortunately, it's not. But my number four is the Sega Master System. Mm. And if you have listened to the show at all, you are probably aware that the Master System was my first console. Um, before I even owned an NES, this is what we had at my house. Some I cannot experiences. <laughs> yeah. I cannot say uh, how we got it. I feel like maybe it just showed up one day in some strange arcane ritual, but um, it was there. And uh, you know what? I think it gets a lot of flack um, and some of it is definitely deserved. Like there are some games in that library that are straight up not good. And, and frankly, the controller, particularly the D pad is kind of hot garbage. It sucks. Um, it's like the mushiest D-pad I think I've ever used. But not to mention it's basically a square, which kind of defeats yeah. the purpose of being a directional pad. But anyway, um, but aside from that, there there are a number of really good titles. I mean, fucking Fantasy Star. Come on. Like, Fantasy Star is there. Castle of Illusion, which is a fantastic platformer. Um, and if you're one of those you know, weird Disney adults, then it's Mickey Mouse. So there you go. And of course, because I bring this up every time the Master System gets mentioned, motherfucking Gangster Town. Fuck yes. <laughs> you that know, it's such funny? a good game. It's like, I feel like if I went back and played that now, I'd be like, oh, this is maybe not as good as I remember it. But I'm not going to do no, that. It's still as good. It's still just as good. <laughs> it's a great game. It's a it's a fantastic light gun shooter, and it's it's like the 1920s gangsters. Like, how can you go wrong with that? Um, we need to do an episode on Gangster Town. We really do. We really do. And actually, I mean, well, I guess that would I would have to track down an actual master. Do you have a master system? Yes. Okay. I have well, a light yeah. gun too. Okay. Good. Yes. Okay. There we go. I was gonna say I I, I still have the I still have a, a CRT, so we've got that going for us, mm -hmm. but. You need, you'd need to bring the master system, but I would totally be yes. down for that. But at any rate, um, that, that's my number four spot. Um, it's got a lot of personal, uh, attachment for me, of course. And I, I think that it had a lot going for it, unfortunately. And this is going to be not the last time this gets brought up, at least by me, possibly by you as well. But, um, unsurprisingly, one of those things that probably got overshadowed by NES being the fucking juggernaut that it was, um, or just Nintendo in general in the like late eighties and especially most of the nineties. Um, I think that this kind of got lost in, in Nintendo's shadow, but, uh, but I think it, it deserves some recognition. Number three. So this next pick of mine, I have a feeling will make some people very angry. Last one I, I felt was a little controversial, this one, I, I think people will kind of roll their eyes and say, what the fuck? Love because it. this console, this console sold over 100 million units. Mm. So how could it be underrated? And as soon as I say it, some of you are going to get it. And I, like I said, some of you are going to roll your eyes. The Nintendo Wii. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? It is. What? I know. What? <laughs> it is horrendously underrated. Okay. Do, do you have any idea how many good games are on that console? And this, I'll, uh, the reason I say it's underrated is because when you say the Nintendo Wii, people say shovelware and Wii Sports. I hate that system. We bowling it didn't have HD. 
Yeah, it didn't have HD. I have to waggle all the time. Do you think I want to flap my arms like a bird while I play video games? I want to play video games with a controller. Like, that's your traditional way to do it. Guess what? There are so many games you can do that. It has a classic controller. Yeah, it's a little awkward. Yeah, it's not perfect. But there are, like, the majority of the library is fantastic. Well, not the majority of the library is fantastic, but the majority of the library can be played with a controller. There, there are so many hidden gems that oh. you can't shake a stick at. And there are some games that actually use motion control really well, like Excite Trucks and Excite Bots. Mm, they, that's they, true. Excite Trucks, so that's a good game. But like when you when you really do a deep dive into this library, I I think the reason it's much like the Sega CD. Whereas they're the games that are worth playing and worth purchasing, which there are a bevy of, a truckload of, far more than the Sega CD, by the way, are just completely overshadowed by the admittedly mountain of shit that people usually associate the Wii with. Because there is a ton of shit on this console because it sold 100 million units, because your grandmother had it in her nursing home, because your mom played it, or dad, and they just didn't understand video games, so they saw something for $5 like Carnival Games and gave it to you and said, have fun, Timmy. Look, I get it. I understand why people hate this thing. But if you go to the first-party titles, if you go to a lot of the more understated you know, third-party titles, especially Sega with their light gun games, when you had, like, the death of light gun, that generation, but the only company that was really holding it up was Nintendo with their stupid little accessories that had all these light gun games that you could play on an LCD TV because you can't play light gun games on anything that isn't a CRT TV until you got to the Wii U. Well, not the Wii U. Until you got to the Wii. <laughs> unless you had a PlayStation Move and no one bought one of those fucking shits. Mm. I'll tell you, the Wii U kept classic gaming alive with this virtual console. It kept classic gaming alive with this classic controller. It reinvigorated the retro market. Really, it did. I I'm sorry. The Wii is a fantastic console. I would have put it higher if it had sold fewer units, but the reason I put it on here is because the amount of hate that it constantly gets for being a casual console is not fair, is overly stated, and you need to give this console a fucking break just because you can't watch it in 720, you can't play it in 720p doesn't mean it's bad. Just because you're, the game that you thought should have been your favorite makes you do motion controls and you don't want to doesn't mean it's bad. It is a good console. Go back and give it a shot. Trust me. I also like that you called it the Wii U twice. I know. <laughs> just cut that off. Uh, nope, it's staying. Also, Fuck. possibly some... Maybe some foreshadowing. I don't know. Who knows? I, a little I, bit. Yeah, I don't know. A little bit. Um, all right. We're 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 in we're in the midst. We're we're right down the middle. Also, consequently, this is the last. This is the last pick where people are probably just gonna be like, oh yeah, okay. So I hope you're all prepared for that. So uh, following my uh, the theme of my number four, it is once again a Sega entry because as I said, Sega could make its own whole fucking list. Um, of of these, frankly, but uh, I went with the Game Gear, and again, it's because of my personal uh, involvement with it. Again, actually, the more that I'm thinking about this, I feel like Sega consoles 
just appeared in my life as a child. And I don't know how. I feel like it was some sort of like Faustian bargain that was struck by someone and they just appeared in my house. I don't know if I should have been more concerned about that because I, I straight up do not remember how I got a Game Gear. I don't remember asking for one. It just happened. Um, so, so that's a thing. But the thing is, is like, there are definitely some, some aspects of the Sega Game Gear that are valid criticisms, criticisms that I have and will continue to make. Uh, like the fact that that motherfucker will put you out of a, out of a house and home just by having to buy batteries for it. Right. But, uh, aside from that, man, like it's actually a pretty solid little, well, not little, <laughs> It's a pretty solid, chonky handheld. Let's say that. Uh, It had ports of Master System games that actually weren't released in North America. So for quite a long time, unless you were in like the, you know, the the emulation scene at that point, which I definitely was not. uh, That was the only way to play some of those. So that definitely had that in its corner. Um, So, you know, it had a decent library of its own. Um, A lot of games that tended to get overlooked because they were exclusive to this system and comparatively not as many people had a game gear um but it was like it was a full color handheld gaming device at a time where that was not normal um you know you had the game boy which of course was crushing it but that was green and black monochrome and then mm-hmm. com- along comes the game gear which granted was not the first but it was probably the most prominent for most folks um, full yes. color handheld. And that's, you know, that's frankly, that's why it eats like, what does that thing take? Isn't it like eight? It's like eight double A's. It's six, six, six double A's, I think. Six. Okay. It might be eight, six or eight. Yeah. It's like six or eight double A batteries and they only last for like two hours, but that, I guess that's what you get for getting, you know, full color in a handheld. But suffice to say, yeah. um, I do, I actually think it deserves more praise than it gets, and so, you know, that's that is why it takes my my number 3. Number 2. Okay, my number 2. This is where you're if you know who I am, this is where it starts to get a little bit more boring. Mm. Uh, but there will be a no- notable omission for those who know me as well and you'll be wondering. And I'll address that before I immediately get to my number 1 pick. But before that, it's the TurboGrafx 16. More mm. specifically, the the PC Engine side of it. Now, if you're in Japan, no, it's not underrated whatsoever because the PC Engine was wildly successful there. In fact, it outperformed the Sega Genesis uh, because there are so many good games, and it came out at a very opportune time. It came out, I think, in 1987, which was four years after the Famicom, to compete with the Famicom, and it got a lot, a lot of games in Japan, uh, much to you know NEC's infamy nowadays. But if you look at the United States, we, we didn't get a ton of games. The library is relatively small, but the library is still good. Uh, the, like Bonk's Adventure is a solid game. Uh, you know, Blazing Lasers is, as I said in the, the Jingle episode, is, is another amazing game. So many good shmups. Uh, the CD attachment, I'm not going to talk about because I want to separate those. A lot of people combine them. But if you do combine them, yeah, sure. I mean, you have some some really good CD games. Maybe not as good as the Sega CD. I know East fans are going to hate me when I say that, but it's it's true. The Sega CD had more better games. Uh, but uh, overall, like, it's it's solid. Graphically, it, it looks phenomenal, even though it has an 8-bit, CP, uh, an 8-bit CPU, even though it has a 16-bit GPU. It's technically less powerful than the Sega Genesis, 
but for a long time, if you look at the libraries around the same time between the two consoles, you can't tell much of a difference. And uh, the reason I'm including the Turbo Graphics on here, because I think most people who have played a Turbo Graphics have enjoyed it. And that's one of the reasons I kept some of these consoles off of here is because I still don't think a lot of people know what the Turbo Graphics 16 is. I think you go into most conversations and you start talking about the Turbo Graphics 16 and you get more of a kind of head tilt and a head scratch. You'll have, hear some people be like, yeah, I've heard of it, but they still haven't given it an honest shot, despite a lot of great games being on this console and it should have came over here earlier. Uh, there was a lot of missteps by NEC. Go listen to our Turbo Graphics episode, by the way, where we discuss a lot of those with uh, Paul, formerly of the region free gamers podcast. But I think that, you know, when you look at a system like the Turbo Graphics and you compare it to, for instance, the Saturn, you talk to anyone about the Saturn. I think anyone who has played it, likes it and almost everyone knows what the Saturn is because it was in the thick of, you know, the PlayStation and 64 and also to Sega's legacy was part of the downfall. So people know what the Saturn is just for a lot of their missteps, but people never talk about the TurboGrafx 16, 16 because it did have a botched launch. It did have a relatively terrible marketing campaign uh, it only came with one controller port in an era where people wanted to play with co-op. And then when they did offer you co-op, you had to buy an additional attachment. They had a lot of piecemeal things. But once you get past that as a single player experience, uh, the fact that it, it the, the games came in jewel cases and were tiny and could be easily stored, which is a nice touch, even though at that time it wasn't, which is why the TurboGrafx-16 was so much larger than the PC engine. If you see a PC engine, yeah, that thing is tiny. It's a impressive how tiny that thing is and how powerful it is compared to other systems of the era it's a landmark console that had some of the superior ports of a lot of games of that time that i still don't think gets talked about enough and it's i think it's sad that uh, you talk about the 16-bit wars and no one brings it up and that, yeah there's a good reason for it it got stomped in the united states <laughs> like it was sega and nintendo but if you go overseas to japan it was second place. And because of that, if you look into that library too, if you go to the Japanese part, it's the collection of games you can find on there is stunning. And if you're a, a fan of the 16-bit look and 16-bit games, there's there's a lot of surprises and just presence waiting for you on the TurboGrafx-16 and PC Engine. So yeah, number two, most underrated console of all time. Uh, I hope it doesn't stay that way. I hope more awareness gets out there. I don't think it's going to happen, though, because I think time has really passed it by in terms of opportunities. But yeah, go out there, play some Turbo Graphics, and have some fun. Yeah, I like it. That's a good pick. And yeah, I, th I think the the general retro games zeitgeist has kind of moved on past that era now. I think what the yeah. the popular the popular nostalgia is like settling around where like the N sixty four PS one era now. Yeah, we're there. Uh, and PS2 GameCube too is really starting to get on fire. That's been a that's been a slow burn, but it's it's starting to ignite. Mm. Only a matter of time. To fall off. Yeah. yeah. Hey, maybe uh, maybe the maybe those game prices will start to go down. Oh, we can only hope. All right, everybody, strap in because it's gonna get weird. My number two pick, Tiger Electronics handhelds. All right, so these mm. things these things get shit on a lot but let me yes. tell you something man 
These were basically like the blue collar workhorses of the gaming scene in the 90s. All right. So they might objectively be pretty cheap imitations of their superior console counterparts. I don't think anybody's going to argue that it's got garbage sound effects coming out of like a tiny ass little speaker. And, you know, this like LCD screen that only has a handful of static monochrome images to cycle through that simulate air quotes gameplay. But you know what? When you're a kid whose parents are just trying to make enough money to put food on the table and keep a roof over your head, these little shitty plastic rectangles were probably your savior. Um, especially at a time when new game cartridges were going for upwards of $90 retail. Now, granted, like I was fortunate enough to have a home console, but I definitely got at least a couple of these in my day instead of a more expensive game. Um, I know for a fact that I had the Aladdin and the Terminator 2 ones for sure. I want to say that there was, I think I had the Lion King one and possibly another, um, but it was definitely those two or three. But, you know, at some point, and it was on our list briefly and we kind of shuffled things around, but I would really like to do a full episode on these someday just because, uh, you know what, are they like not great overall. Yeah, they're not. But I I feel like they are still underrated for a lot of the reasons that I mentioned. Like I think they filled a niche that that needed it. Um and so so that's that's why I, I gave it my number two. Number one. All right, I'm on to the number one. And before I talk about my number one, I did say I would talk about a notable omission if you know me and are in the Discord and you know what kind of consoles I do like. I'm not, I am not including the Sega Saturn in my list because I do not think it's underrated. Because I think, as I talked about in the TurboGrafx ranking of number two, I don't know anyone who actually hates the Sega Saturn. And I know a lot of people who like it. Uh, I know, let me rephrase that. I know a lot of people who talk about it and a lot of people who say they just have never played it, but I think everyone who's played it likes it. I think it became a big part of the video game zeitgeist, as Shane said, for a period of time. So to call the system underrated at this point is is, is somewhat laughable. As much as I love it, I think that's a good thing. I'm happy people know about it. I'm happy people consider it to be an underrated gem of a system. Uh, even more so, I think, than the Sega Dreamcast to an extent. I'm not including that either, because again, I don't know anyone who like shits all over the Dreamcast. I think I'm probably the most vocal critic of the Dreamcast I've ever heard. But I am going to give the people what they want. <laughs> I cannot deny you. I have listened to you, and I agree with you. The number one most underrated console of all time is the Wii U. What? It's, I know. I wasn't expecting I this know. at all. Who who would have thought what listener to the Retro Hangover podcast would not see me picking the Wii U out of any out of any of these consoles? And so now I have to back this up, which is awkward. Um <laughs> so I mean you don't look, have to. You could just leave it. Just I could just I could just drop the mic. Just be like, yep, yeah, that's it. Fuck you. But dear dear patrons, dear listeners, because a lot of people wanted to hear me rant and rave about the Wii U ad nauseum and forever and you're going to get a little bit of that but we are trying to keep these episodes shorter so you won't well i think you're going to get exactly what you are looking for to an extent the wii u 
when it came out, I was very cautious about it, as many other people were. But if you go back and you listen to our 2015 episodes, there was a time, and I think many gamers will agree with me, or, you know, TM, gamer, well, no, I don't want to go down to that route, because those people can, can be <laughs> shitty. But um, a lot of people who play a lot of games and are really into the gaming market, like, not, not crazy toxic gamers, but just people who love video games, thought that the best games were being released on the Wii U over the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, even though those, those were your mainstream consoles. It just seemed like the product that Nintendo was putting out was just constant quality, high-quality games with, with, with love and character. And I don't feel like you were getting that at the time from Sony and Microsoft. It just wasn't there. It was still gray. It was still kind of boring open world shooter or looter shooter. Just everything had a gun. You just had to shoot everything. That was every mainstream game. And you weren't getting that from Nintendo. And even today, even with a lot of these games being ported to the Switch, there are still some things that you can only get on the Wii U that can only be that can only be provided from that second screen, whether you know, it's small things that people don't really care about because, you know, the DS was already there. Things like maps, things like inventories, things like being able to switch from your screen, your small screen to your big screen, which you can kind of do with, the, well, you can do that with the Switch. But at the time, it was just so novel. And still, I look at it now with some of the games that haven't made it over, like Xenoblade Chronicles X. And the fact that the controller itself, the Wii U pad, is very ergonomical, very comfortable, and you can play with it like a regular controller. Plus, the, the Pro Controller is also comfortable. The fact that's backwards compatible with all your Wii games, and I already said that was the number three underrated console of mine because of its understated library. You have a console that I think with more time and more innovation could have really, really been a special part of people's lives. And it really was for me. And, and it just reminded me of the joys of playing video games from a more traditional standpoint again. Now, yeah, the PS4 and and Xbox eventually got there, not so much the Xbox One because I didn't have one and never will, but it that, that Wii U provided that special place in the market. It was the underdog. And even if you go back today, those games are still good and you can get them on your Switch. I get it. And it's probably better that you do. But if you do have a Wii U, and you're able to get this before the virtual console goes offline, there's a lot of approvals to the virtual console games too. It, it handles emulation beautifully as well, in many cases better than the Switch. And you can hack it to play GameCube games apparently as well. So go, go do that if you are not online with it anymore, of course. So the Wii U gets my number one pick. It's like an instant nostalgia bomb. Uh, yeah, it's over 10 years old now. But out of all these consoles, we talk about retro gaming a lot. So for a console this recent to leave this much of a mark on me, it's, it's sad that people constantly shit on it or they, they laugh about it collecting dust or they say how it was underpowered and it sucked. They really weren't there when it was hot. And it was the thing to do, it was the thing to make fun of because that's what you did if you had a PS4 uh, because you were getting your new Call of Duties. And I'm not saying everyone, of course, but that was I think that's the general feeling that came from it so wii u number one i know you all knew i was going to say that i know a lot of you voted for this topic in our in our patron in our discord because you wanted to hear me profess my love for the wii u so i giveth unto you and thank you for letting me talk about this wonderful little system that didn't but man i wish it could
All right. My number one pick, the most underrated console, the Texas Instruments TI-83 graphing calculator. Okay. If it plays games, <laughs> it can be considered a console, right? I, I guess. That's sure. what I'm that's what I'm going with. All right. This listen, this magnificent little bastard was the unsung hero of every deathly boring high school science lecture or math class. Garen fucking teed. You couldn't bust out a Game Boy in the middle of class because you get caught. But you could sure as hell make it look like you were doing some serious big brain computations on your TI-83 when, in fact, you were playing Drug Wars or like knockoff Bomberman. (laughs) And I know I'm not the only one with this experience. Like it was a super common thing for my friends and I to hook these bad boys up with that link cable that came along with it and share games. And the funny thing of it is, I I have no idea who found the games first, right? They just like showed up one day. So like one smart kid with too much time on their hands had to have figured out how to download and install this stuff to their calculator and then brought it to school and it just spread like a plague. Um, if, if any of you guys are like with me on this one, then the name Mirage OS should sound pretty familiar because that was the little like pseudo operating system, even though it really wasn't, um, that was installed along with a lot of these games. And it really just functioned as like a launcher for all of the games that you had installed on your TI 83. But we had that and we had this pretty sizable list of games, And so, you know what, like, thank you to whoever Patient Zero was that (laughs) had the wherewithal to get the TI Connect software running and uh, pull this shit off of the Internet and then spread it around our school. Um, But but that is why this I'm giving this my number one spot, because if we're talking underrated a console, this this absolutely qualifies because this thing this thing did work. Like there were many, many lectures that I probably should have been listening to, but instead I was playing, um, well, Doom, actually you can play Doom on a TI-83. So, yeah, (laughs) so there you go. That is my number one pick. That was not something I was expecting. That is actually a phenomenal pick. I love that pick. (laughs) I, I would not agree it's number one, but that is like that. I can definitely see where you're coming from, and I respect it. Well, I appreciate that. Is that is great. I, I wanted it to, I wanted a really, uh, like, out of left field pick for some of these, because, listen, here, here's the deal, right? It's like, we could have, and even if you go on YouTube, not to disparage any other creators whatsoever, but, you know, you go and look at these lists that a lot of other folks have made over the years, and it's like, you could predict the majority of what they're going to say. You know, it's always like, oh my God, the Dreamcast. Oh my God, the Saturn. Oh, the fucking Jaguar on a few occasions. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, ah, okay, great. And and so that's why, you know, I had a couple of those, like the the Game Gear or what have you, but I really wanted to branch out a little bit and kind of like stretch what the the idea of a console really is and and i i think the ti-83 fits i'm almost surprised you didn't pick the microvision <laughs> well i didn't i didn't i didn't have any i didn't have a dog in that fight that's what that's why i said at the <laughs> beginning i was just like 
you know what? I picked the Vectrex because like, I mean, if, if we're in the sake of full honesty, I could not come up with five consoles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, I can understand that. That's why you see so many same consoles is yeah. yeah. Uh, also honorable, honorable mention to the 3DO mm. by the way. Yeah. Just, just uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Honorable mention. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, there we go. Um, so those are our top five most underrated consoles. If you, uh, if you liked what we picked, or or even if you didn't, you know what? Um, you can you can let us know. You can either leave us some comments on on the the various social medias if you'd like to do it that way, or if you would like to engage with the show uh, in a much more real fashion, we do have the public Discord. It's there. It's always there. It's not going anywhere. So um, you you can find that along with all of the other. RHP related content that you your your little heart could desire by going to linktree slash retro hangover. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retro hangover. And you can find that along with the Patreon and our merch store, which, you know, if you love the Wii U as much as Chris does, we do I'm have sure. a Wii U inspired shirt design on there that you could pick up as well. Um as well as actually, graphics. Yeah, I was just going to say, also, the, the Turbo Graphics one is up there now, too. So two of them, as a matter of fact. So you can you can choose. But yeah, at any rate, go and check that stuff out. We've also got our YouTube channel uh, where we post uh, video versions of the episodes as well as our VODs from our Twitch. Um, so if you want to come and watch us play video games, then you can do that 9 p.m. Eastern time every Sunday barring, you know, acts of God or federal holidays. Uh, so yeah, come, come check us out. We, we love to chit chat. We're playing something that might be related to what we're talking about on the show or might not could just be some random shit. We wanted to play the likelihood pretty good. I'm probably still trying to play lunar. Um, unless you're listening to this, like after (laughs) a certain point in 2023 and then I'm probably over it, but you know, uh, it, it'll be there. So at any rate, um, that's all the stuff that you should check out. Chris, do you have anything that you would like to add? Uh, no, we, I'm sorry. We weren't totally considerate of your chronometer this one. Uh, we had a lot <laughs> to say though. We did, but hope, hopefully you enjoyed it. We hope you did. We, uh, our, it was the bl- runaway winner for this patron poll, which you can go to at, uh, rhp.show slash Patreon. That's right. To find out more. All right. And so, to respect what is left of said chronometer. Until next time. Play with your I want to see dick pics on both screens joysticks. <laughs>